Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What the Pell is up, Pelicans fans? My name is Elliot Clough, and I'm your host of Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. This is our third podcast, so hey, welcome back, and I'm excited that you've decided to continue to join me here on this journey that is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. So, here we are, despite yours and mine speculation Nothing happened pre-trade deadline for the New Orleans Pelicans. Iggy, not going to New Orleans. He's going to the Heat. Marcus Morris, headed to the Clippers. Andrew Wiggins to the Warriors in exchange for D'Angelo Russell, who's headed to Minnesota. Andre Drummond to the Cavaliers. And Philly, of course, upgrading on the offensive side of the wall by, by acquiring Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson the third. A couple other teams that we did talk about on Tuesday, not making any additions. The Bucks, the Pacers, Raptors, Thunders are all teams that did not make moves before the trade deadline this year in the NBA. The Nuggets did. They added a couple point guards to their depth chart, sent away Malik Beasley, and of course Hernan Gomez. They're headed to Minnesota as well. They added some point guard depth to a roster that didn't really need it. Kind of an interesting move by the Nuggets. I'm not sure if that's for cap space going into the future or, or what that was, but interesting moves there by Denver. Not acquiring another superstar, although they're probably not necessarily in need of a superstar, but a star. They're going to be in need of that in order to make an NBA championship run in the future. So we'll see what happens for the rest of the season with these additions to these other teams. Of course, uh, I talked about Robert Covington headed to uh, possibly heading to New Orleans. He's going to Houston. Clint Capella now on Atlanta Hawk. I don't know how the Rockets are expecting to compete with the Lakers in the playoffs. Of course, they won last night, but Houston, I don't think the small ball thing is going to work for seven games, four of which will probably be in Los Angeles, either with the Clippers or with the Lakers. Houston's going to have to go through LA one way or another. I don't know how it's going to work. They probably won't be running into the Pelicans, so no need for us to worry about that. But this trade deadline, no moves for New Orleans. So what does this all mean for the Pelicans? Will anything change going forward with no changes to the roster exactly? In a couple words, no, not not really. I guess it really all depends on Justice Winslow's health. Justice Winslow included in that trade that sent Andre Iguodala to Miami, Jay Crowder, and Solomon Hill also heading to join the Heat uh, organization. And, and Memphis also grabbing Gorgie. Is it Gorgie? Georgie? I don't know how to pronounce his name. Dang. Uh, is going to be a part of that roster as well. A backup, servable, serviceable center. Not anything that's going to drastically affect the roster. But, you know, it's a piece. Doesn't certainly, certainly doesn't hurt. 
And Justice Winslow has been decent in Miami. I believe he was the 10th overall pick just a few years ago. Um, And he's a solid defensive piece. He's not a star, uh, but he will contribute to the Memphis roster. He's been hurt for a little while this season. Only played 11 games so far. Did start, I believe, 5 for Miami, even with that talented roster. So Justice Winslow, a guy who can step in at in Memphis and and contribute once healthy, but not anything that's going to be extremely... It's not going to bring a lot of change to the West. We'll say that at the very least. Same thing for Gorgie Dang. Both have played with Tyus Jones before. I guess you could say that's a good thing. Uh, of course, Justice Winslow playing with him at Duke and then Dang playing with him in Minnesota. As far as this affecting the Pelicans, we know that the Pelicans currently sit five and a half games back from eighth where Memphis is at. So, But, you know, a run is not impossible, but it doesn't look super favorable for New Orleans going forward, especially if Memphis continues to win, continues to play like the way they have been. And it's same thing for John Morant and Jaron Jackson, two young guys that really have come out this year and played extremely well. Uh, of course, we've seen New Orleans really dismantle Memphis. It's really about matchups there. New Orleans plays really well against the Grizzlies, although the Grizzlies are ahead of them in the Western Conference standings. But all in all, this trade deadline has not really affected New Orleans in a huge way. You know, we a lot of us were expecting some big trades coming from New Orleans, whether it was Drew Holiday or shipping off any part of the young core, and it just really didn't happen. A lot, of course, always happens at the trade deadline throughout the NBA, but just not a whole lot this year in New Orleans. We'll see what comes this offseason. I'm not expecting anything crazy. New Orleans isn't necessarily a, a big destination for a lot of uh, a big-name free all-stars, free agents. So we'll see what happens. Maybe Zion will, will recruit somebody, maybe the the personality and the name that is Zion will bring in some uh, some talented guys to the roster. But that is to be seen. We're not really sure what will happen this offseason. Of course, I'm sure we'll learn a lot more about that this summer. But with not a whole lot to talk about in terms of the trade deadline, we'll look at the games that have happened since Tuesday's podcast. A game with the league-leading Milwaukee Bucks, arguably the best team in the NBA, and then, of course, taking on the lowly Bulls in Chicago. Uh, We'll be previewing the game with, uh, we'll be talking about the game with the Pacers uh, next week. They'll be playing the Pacers this coming weekend. So uh, another fun matchup there for New Orleans. But let's start off with the games from this previous weekend. Zion taking on Giannis in Milwaukee, a matchup a lot of people were looking forward to, but really expected Giannis to exploit Zion. And that's fair. This guy is probably going to be the two-time MVP by the end of 2020. Uh, just a, I mean, they call him the Greek freak for a reason. He's absolutely a freak of nature, like Zion, but just in a very different way. Quicker, uh, longer. Uh, yeah, he, he's a he's a he's a freak. We'll just leave it at that. But Zion, in one brief moment, kind of bullied Giannis. We saw it in the NBA Summer League when Zion took on Kevin Knox, who's no baby by any means. Kevin Knox is a big dude and just ripped the ball away from him, went up for the dunk. And in a very different way, we kind of saw a similar thing with this matchup between Giannis and Zion. Zion grabbed the ball from on top of Giannis's head and just ripped it away and then went up for a layup. But, you know, Giannis is still Giannis, and we'll address that here in a second. Um it was a quick start for New Orleans. New Orleans looked great in this matchup with the best team 
in the NBA. And then the third quarter happened. And this is where the men are separated from the boys in the NBA. The third quarter is has been the best quarter for the Warriors in their dynasty in San Francisco, in Oakland. Milwaukee went on a 42-24 to run over the Pelicans. It did not look good there in the third quarter, but uh, that's just what you're really going to run into when a roster is really enveloped by the youth like New Orleans is. It's not extremely indicative as to where they sit. There's very few veterans comparatively to the amount of of young talent that's on New Orleans roster. That's just what you're going to be running into. Wesley Matthews caught fire. He was really just lighting it up from three, and New Orleans shot just 28.6% from three. That's definitely not what you want to see if you're going to be competing with the best team in the NBA. New Orleans is obviously much more capable than that. I wish they would have acquired a shooter prior to the trade deadline, but unfortunately they did not. You know, to go back to Zion here, Giannis still had 34 points on 12 of 17 shooting, so the probable 2020 MVP still went off. Zion's not a superstar yet, but it was still dope. Let's not take it away from Zion. He's still a monster, still scored. This was his uh, third straight 20-point game, and we'll be addressing the fourth straight here in a second. But Zion's still a monster on the boards, still as explosive as ever. Not quite getting the minutes that New Orleans Pelicans fans would love, but he will get there eventually. We don't want to rush this injury. Giannis clearly has some respect for Zion and other NBA rosters too. Zion is just... He's a monster, and it's become very apparent to the NBA. I think some people might have been overlooking it, saying, yeah, he's just a rookie. He just started, but Giannis really helping Zion be put on the map if he wasn't already. 120 to 108 loss there in Milwaukee, but some incredible talent shown by the Pelicans. And then they headed south to Chicago, Illinois, to take on the Bulls, the Bulls sitting fairly low in the East. They're not last. The Hawks are last, but another team with a lot of youth and not a lot of experience. Zach Levine having an incredible season thus far. Led the team in scoring, had 22 points, led all scorers in this one, but just not able to do enough. The Bulls did lose 125 to 119 to the Pelicans. Zion led the way with in scoring, I believe it was, I have 20 here. He scored 21 points, plus 11 in, in plus minus, four rebounds, one assist, two steals. Nothing insane. Um, followed by J.J. Redick, who was 7 of 14 from the field, just 3 of 8 from 3, had 18 points. Uh, just a lot of really good ball movement in this one, and that's easier to do against the younger teams as opposed to the lengthy Uh, veteran teams like Milwaukee is and the Pelicans with all of that ball movement and all of that youth just comes a lot of turnovers that's just the ground that they're in right now um, and where they've been and a lot of commentators have addressed that so far Uh, but it was a good game overall for for New Orleans it looked easy in the third and part of the fourth quarter in the last three-ish minutes the Bulls couldn't miss and looked like they may make up a hefty a hefty amount of point differential, but the Pels buckled down and finished. That's just a byproduct, again, of a youth young team 
the the Pelicans really just looked good from top to bottom, more or less from the beginning to the end, except for the last three minutes in this one. This was one of those games where you're up 20 against your friend playing 2K, and he's just like, ah, I'm just going to start chucking up shots, trying to waste time, and then all of a sudden it's a five-point game, and you're flabbergasted, but then you ultimately win. That's what this was against the Bulls. It was nothing nothing insane, nothing crazy. Um the the Pelicans ultimately did pull it out and looked really good for a large part of it, but uh, this is just something that's going to come with time. They realize the NBA, it's not easy to win, and they'll continue with their foot on the gas for the rest of a game. But this one was a little different with the Bulls pulling it out, uh, and, excuse me, not pulling out, coming coming close towards the end of this one. So not a lot on today's podcast, uh, especially with <laughs> the uneventful trade deadline, but two two games there that we got to recap. One loss to the Bucks, the best team in the NBA, and then a victory over the lowly Bulls. And we'll be back this coming Tuesday talking about the Pacers game and what we have to look forward to with the Blazers that night. That'll be a very, very good game for New Orleans, a big one in terms of making up the the deficit that they sit at in the Western Conference standing. So come back to us on Tuesday. We'll be talking about that and some a couple other things about how the Pelicans look to be going forward. A reminder, go follow me on Twitter. You'll get a lot of sports content there. It's at Elliot Clough. It's the same thing for Instagram. It's E-L-I-O-T-C-L. O-U-G-H. If you missed that, you can just check it out on the graphic art for the Pel- or for the Pelicans podcast. Follow Believe on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can check out a plethora of their other podcasts on Believe.com or just head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. And while you're there, make sure to leave a rate, a rate and a review for my podcast. That's Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. It really helps us out in, in moving forward and possibly getting guests like, like beat writers from New Orleans and other writers from Fansided. If you leave a review and a rate, that will help you out in the content that I am providing you as well. You can check out my Pelicans coverage for Fansided's Hoops Habit website. Just click west, scroll down to New Orleans Pelicans, and you'll find my coverage there. So, Pelicans fans, I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.